your weekly Selk Grassroots podcast, brought to you by the Down to Play app. Welcome to Selk Grassroots. Uh, this tonight's big interview is with the Maidstone and Mid Kent League, um, a league that admittedly I didn't know anything about until about 18 months ago when. Um, I approached Ian Knight from uh, Whitehorse, who's with us today, uh, to see if he wanted to contribute to our All Around the League show. Um, Ian puts a hell of a lot of effort into his show, um, half an hour plus sometimes with news, reviews and, and even cup draws, exclusive cup draws that are heard first on, on our podcast before they go out to the teams, uh, which is fantastic. Um, as I say, a league that is... Um, an excellently run league, a standard charter league um, that I believe has had some troubles um, over the last few years in terms of numbers, but they seem to be making um, making up for that and they are growing now, I believe. Good evening, gentlemen. How are you doing? Good evening. How's everyone doing during lockdown? Positive as can be. Yeah, as can be, yeah. Missing the football, I think, like everyone else. Yeah. Everyone just wants to get back to it. And yeah, it's uh, it's been tough, like, you know, for, for everyone, but just looking forward to get back in, back in there and into that routine, really. Yeah, I think it's really close now. I think that's why everyone's itching. They're waiting for Boris's big decision and hopefully some big calls from the National and County FA. So we've all got our fingers crossed, I think. Um, I must admit, I was a little bit worried. Um yesterday when I saw the conference North and South had been voided, null and voided already. I know that's mainly probably due to clubs moaning about money and uh, and that stuff, but sometimes it just does filter down and everyone has a knee-jerk reaction. Is there any is there any sense of what you guys think is going to happen? Do you think we'll kick another ball for season 2021 or do you think it's going to be five months worth of friendlies going and, and maybe a month or two break during the summer? What, what do you think, guys? Um, yeah, I don't mind jumping in. I mean, I, I'm part of the league committee and um, we released a statement uh, last couple of days that went out to all the clubs anyway. So um, Danny and Mike will have had the, the same memo that, that I got, White Horse, and we, we put it on the, the website that, you know, we're, we're planning to get started. I don't think, um, you know, we, we've, we've come under some criticism, I think, at the beginning of the season for having very small leagues this year. Mm. But, um, you know, for me, really wise choice and uh, it's paid dividends for us because we're in a position where we're kind of saying you know if we got started middle of March we'd still be able to complete by the end of the May which I think is what every club wants to do yeah um, you know there's, there's sacrifices for that and I'm sure Danny and Mike will pick up on a on a minute about some of the things that the clubs are going to have to do uh, mm. like playing Easter Sunday and double headers and, and things like that but um yeah there's a there's a path forward from the league and we're definitely committed to, to finishing the season so hopefully that's a positive message going out to all the clubs I think that's right and from from Marden's point of view I think when we saw the leagues, as you said, a smaller league, more leagues, smaller numbers in the league. And obviously that was done deliberately by the league, which was really forward thinking in terms of what we might end up. Well, we've ended up being in that situation yeah. where we're struggling to finish the league. But that's given us every opportunity to do it and get the league done. Obviously, you mentioned sacrifices. Obviously, to, to get that league done, we've got to play double headers we've got to play Sundays but I think we'll take that every day every day of the week we'll yeah. play every day of the week if it, if it means we need to um, and obviously the cup as well we, we've got the cups that we've we've abandoned for this year which is, is obviously a, 
the Sheffield Marvel's point of view, is in two quarterfinals. So we're a little bit gutted about that. But, you know, we, 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 we appreciate what the, what the league have done. They've, they've done a fantastic job to, um, to try and get us back playing football as, as soon as possible. So we're really positive from, from Marvel's side. I should have introduced you guys. I'm so sorry. I'm a, I'm a terrible host. Uh, Danny from Marden Sundays is with us. They play in uh, the MMK's Prem Division. And uh, Mike from uh, Kent Sands is with us again with his, with his football hat on. He gets to talk about uh, some football tonight. So uh, thank you very much. And uh, Ian is uh, from Whitehorse playing in Division 1. I believe there was a bit of... Um, Bit of a comment that you should still be a prem team, Ian. I don't know if you uh, if you uh, agree with that or not. <laughs> Who was that from? <laughs> it wasn't uh, me, but I would agree with that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I covered it in the last interview we got we did with you guys. It's it's hard for us, you know. We, we've got uh, we've got some players there that have played for us for like seven years now. I'm 38. We've got players. Most of our squads over 30, and you know we. We, I don't think we got hammered by anyone really that badly in, in the league, but you just every week there's just the teams are just slightly better. I mean, we had two cracking games with Marden last year. I think we lost three two and two one, and all of them came down to late goals and stuff. But the old yeah, thing yeah, is, it, it, we got a bit lucky, mate. You, you, um, yeah, and you know, you you, you you can say that, but over a season, if you at the end of the day, yeah. if you haven't won the majority of games, then you know and. From our point of view, it's really hard to motivate players to say, look, come back. You know, they love the club. They love the stuff we do. But when you say, look, actually, you're going to win two games this season. And, you know, and I think a lot of the main reason for us to kind of plead a case to play in a lower division isn't because we want to go down and, you know, win all the games and, and decide we're, you know, best in Division 1. But ultimately, there were two teams that dropped out of that uh, league that season and that's Ditton and Snodland and that for us was 12 points last season without them in there and Case Sports coming up who interestingly beat us 4-1 in the cup yeah. you generally couldn't see yourself getting any points and it's, it's just the end of a club if you're not careful so uh, it was taken on board yeah I, I did have to fight mega mega hard for it but um, I mean coming back to the league position and I think uh, Michael pitched in on this you know it wasn't just COVID uh, in terms of the league sizes for me there's a massive imbalance of of quality in terms of there's a big jump from division one to the prem but similarly in other leagues you know there were some very very good sides and you know i'm not being disrespectful to Sands, but i think they're playing in a more competitive league now where you know they're, they're they're motivated to turn up they feel like they've got a chance and unfortunately i think the season before they were playing teams that you know the league was so big there are teams in there that will beat you 10 12 nil and that's just not fun for anyone in any league so and i think you know although the season only really started four or five games, but I think everyone felt they were in a more competitive environment. And certainly the Prem this year, you know, is, is wide open for me. No one's running away with it. And um, there's probably four teams that could easily walk off with a title there. I know it's early days, but that's the position people want to be in a league rather than going, oh, it's East Morning again, or it's Fisherman's Arms again. You know, that, yeah. that's quite boring. So, mm -hmm. do you echo that, mate? Generally, from, from sorry, Andrew, from, on, generally in terms of the standard, like you said, the standard is very high and it's not like a Sunday league standard. I've played a lot of leagues in a Sunday, Saturday league and I think the standard is, is outstanding for the last few years. It's just getting better. Uh, and that's good for the league. That's great. But you're absolutely right that there is then a big, a big gap between the, the Premier and maybe the top teams in Division 1 to, to the rest of the division. And, and 
Um, and again, I think the small the small divisions have helped that to an extent that you're not getting bumped every week by, by people. But the standard yeah. is outstanding, I think. Yeah, I, I definitely second that and um, agree. It's took us from being a relatively new team. Uh, we started in 2019. So technically this is our, you know, the first season was canned and this is in our second season playing yeah. football. But the, we were in a division of... Uh, 10 previously don't just gone down to eight um, but some of the top teams have been moved up two divisions and having to play them in the the cups when they get split to the lower leagues as well so we were playing them in the cups and you know twice in the season like they're getting thumped from a brand new team it's not very motivating but no. now as Ian says you know it's leveled out a little bit and um you know thanks for even the, the last game before um, we all got locked down. We got our first league win, which, mm-hmm. you know, says a lot about how far we've come in that short space of time, but also yeah. the level that we're playing at now. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, we're 17 weeks undefeated at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think my, your team is, is quite similar to ours and I'm not disrespecting and saying that there's a right and a wrong way to do it. I know some teams love, bringing in great players and having top players and things like that. And, you know, that, that's perfect. We're a club that, you know, we have our members and we're not, you know, for us to compete in a, in a Prem division, we'd have to say see you later to some of those and, you know, bring in new people. And that's just, you know, for us, it's kicking people out of a club that we, we don't want to. And I think, yeah. you know, Mike, you're in a similar position there. Your members are your members for a reason. They're very loyal to you and you have a great kind of community spirit and uh, they want to stay part of that club. And, you know, at the end of the day, if you've got happy players, they'll carry on playing football and that means we have those leagues, you know, those teams in the league. The last thing we want to do, I mean, you kind of alluded to it a little bit earlier, Andrew, that, you know, there was a period where teams were dropping out regularly from the Maidstone and Midkin. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, that's that's done a massive U-turn and there's some big reasons for that. And I think, you know, the more the league look after these clubs, you know, we, we don't want to be playing friendlies every week. There's always going to be someone at the top of the league and someone at the bottom of the league. But yeah. there's also a balance between making it a competitive environment and not an environment where teams are just getting absolutely kicked every week. You know, they're just losing 10, 15 nil. It's pointless because those teams just do not survive. No, I mean, you see it all the time. Uh, Teams start the season bright and new teams start the season brightly uh, in pre-season and then they start their games and with 16 people or 15 people, whatever, in the match day squad, they get battered a couple of times and then they're scraping 11s together all of a sudden. And then, you know, sadly you see teams uh, fold in and no one wants to see that. So, um, yeah, we don't we don't want to see anyone fold. I'm, I'm interested to uh, hear about the uh, eight team divisions. I think that's going to be something we may see more of. I know some teams like to have loads of league games. Um, so they like 10 or even 12 teams in their divisions. But I think what we have seen uh, because of the last two seasons uh, with the COVID stuff is that uh, leagues may opt to have a, a maximum number of, of 10 and they would, they would rather have more divisions. I don't know if teams are precious about playing in Division 8 or whatever it could possibly go to in some of these big, big, massive leagues like um, Westford and the Southern Sunday. I think the Southern Sunday's got nine um, divisions anyway, or you know, a, a massive amount. Uh, Westford's certainly got seven divisions, uh, eight divisions or nine divisions, I think, actually. But I, I, I think what this has taught us is that the smaller divisions is is great. And if you have to throw in an invitation cup or something at the end of the season uh, to give teams games uh, to fill from March to May, um, 
that's the way forward. What, what actually is happening in the weather is between July and February is actually killing us. I don't think we'd have, we'd have missed that many games uh, through lockdown because of Christmas and then the weather that we've had. Um, I don't think we'd have missed that many. So, um, yeah, I'd like to see smaller divisions um, become a thing and just leagues have to make up time with cups, which would be I beneficial think, to the teams. Go on, Danny. I think you're right, Andrew. And I think what where other leagues maybe can can learn from what Maystone McKenna have done is they kept it quite open and, and flexible. So if we only have enough time because of COVID, because of weather, whatever it might be. So as you say, there's, there's issues every year in terms of getting games played and, and weather conditions and stuff. If you only get enough for two games or playing each team twice, then fine. But I actually said at the start of the, 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 the season, if we manage, we have enough time, we'll put another cup in or we'll play each other three times instead of twice, you know. So yeah. there was that flexibility. And I think I, I think that other um, other leagues may sort of take take that away and maybe learn from that. And I think that's been a real benefit of the way they've approached it. Absolutely. So that's a, a massive introduction we've had there, boys. Tell us a bit about your individual teams. Uh, just a quick a quick um, stop. Of, of the history. We'll start with you, Danny, from uh, Marden Sundays. Tell us a bit about the club and, and how you became involved and, and how you found yourselves uh, in the Prem Division of the MMK. So, well, just going back to, we, we started as the present team and Marden Sundays has been about as a team for, for years and years, since 80s, 70s, something like that. But at the point where I started to team up, there was no team um, in, in Marden for a Sunday. They had a Saturday team. They had, um, didn't have Vets at the time, we got Vets now. They had, uh, um, at the time, I guess that was under nines uh, in there. But they were a Charter Standard club, all set up. They've got obviously everything uh, around it set up for the Charter Standard. And in 2016, I was getting towards, let's say, the twilight of my playing career. So uh, I was 40-41, I was struggling, playing in the Prem at the time, but struggling, to be honest, and, and deciding it's still too much for me, I can't play at this level anymore. And all I really wanted to do was step down a level, play with some mates and, and go for a beer afterwards and have a bit of fun. So um, I, I um, talked to some people and we said, there was enough people sort of up for, for starting a team. So we dropped down to Division 3. We started the, the team as a new. So people that I knew from, from other clubs, probably similar age to me, maybe a little bit younger, but starting the, the team up in Division 3 in 2016. Um, and as it turned out, that approach really worked because it was a bit of a laid-back approach that, to be honest, we're not that worried about winning. We just want to play uh, as a group of mates. We want to go for a beer afterwards and mm -hmm. the proper Sunday league sort of attitude. And, and um, as, it, as it turned out, we, we, we attracted some good players there. We got some good players and we won Division 3 in our first year and we put up two divisions, up to Division 1. Okay. Um, then we came um, third in Division 1 the following year and we promoted again. So within two years, we found ourselves in the Prem. Now, again, that's not where I wanted to be as a, as a player. So I, I, by that point, had stepped down and, and not playing anymore. And I play Vets now rather than playing on the Sunday League. But it attracted other players. And, and I think from Marder's point of view, for me, what was important was starting it up with the right attitude, that it's not really about going out and winning and smashing these teams and, you know, that kind of thing, and then all going home and, to our individual you know, homes and not talking to each other afterwards. It was about um, going as a team, as, as, some, as mates, um, playing, wanting to win. You know, we've got some really competitive players. We want to win. We all want to win the games. But win, lose or draw, we go 
for a beer afterwards. Uh, we go to, to the pub um, and uh, together have a drink, have a laugh, and, and, and you know it, it's left on the pitch. And and I think that attitude it, is still there. The players aren't still there. The players have changed a lot since since then. We've been in the Prem three years now. Again, last year was a bit of a, a writer, could be said. This year it is difficult as well, but. We've, we've, you know, we've held our own in the Premiership. We've been sort of mid-table, and for us, I think now it's sort of pushing on with, with, with maybe challenging for cups or or leagues, or, you know, that that sort of thing. So it's really come a long way in in five years, which I'm really proud of of, of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think for me, it's keeping that attitude to make sure that we're not just, you know, there to get the win, to get three points, to you know. Yes, we want to do that on the pitch, but afterwards we want to go and have a beer and, and have a laugh. And I think that's that's really been the, the, the driving force for it. And, and what it's meant is we've been successful, we've attracted the, the right players with the right attitude, and we've had some really good players come along that have maybe not fitted in, but yeah. we've, we've kept the, the players there, that, that attitude. And, and so it's been a real success story for us, and you know, one of which obviously I'm very proud of. It sounds like it sounds good, like you've had a good few years, to be honest. Um, Mike, do you want to give us a quick whistle stop of um, Kent Sands? Yeah, so um, formed in 2019, so a very very new club. Um, kind of from the off, we had um, you know by the gathering of players on the through our social media channels of um, the reason for the team of a team full of dads who've all been through um, the, the aid with Sands and um, been through baby loss and yeah. gathered a team together. And that again does some sort of social media uh, followers, things like from like the Kent FA and yeah. a few of the teams in the division already. Mm-hmm. But we hadn't really focused on a division where we felt, but we were looking just, you know, we're Kent based. We were quite in a fortunate position and we didn't have a tied down to an area. So, you know, we have players from all sides of Kent. So we were just looking, right, where's Central? You know, Maidstone, that's pretty bang in the middle of Kent. We uh, looked it up Saturday, Sundays, weighed it up and, um, you know, came across the Maidstone mid-Kent Sunday and decided, oh, you know, that seems well. Got in touch with a few people, just asking a few questions. And we got some quite big help quite quickly. And we, we kind of found that we already had quite a lot of the right people in place to build a decent squad. Yeah. Um, like a well-run squad and it turns out we were through Jack from the Kent FA helped us quite a lot and we, we became a charter standard club very quickly mm-hmm. um, we just like, I didn't I'd never set a team up before I'd played in other teams but they just guided us down this pathway this is the way if you're going to do a club go this way we had luckily we had sponsors behind us to be able to cover fees and uh, pay any costs that we like entry fees into leagues that were never wouldn't have held us back or anything and we had kit we had um, first aid trained people that were already coming into the squad and things so we had all so by becoming charter standard and um before we'd even joined the league almost it was like or very quickly and then um at, even at the opening league division before when we got voted in um steve from the league even like up and commended us on how quickly we became charter standard and this has almost set the precedent for you know this is what new teams should be doing and everybody yeah. should be charter standard and we we didn't even have a ground at the time we were even like looking for grounds <laughs> at the time and, and uh, you know, um we ended up starting over at langley uh, langley athletic uh, not far from Leeds castle um 
you know, nice, um, nice pitch, look, um, changing rooms, a little country uh, village hall set us up and got us playing for a year and we had good use facilities and everything. And um, we kind of outgrew it a little bit with, with the nature of the team, very similar to what Danny was saying, the right attitude people that were on the team. It invited families and friends wanted to come along and watch. And we decided we didn't have a, a bar very easily uh, to, you know, on site to have a drink after the game and things. And um, growing over the season, um, we had a couple of little uh, cup runs, had a, a couple of uh, draws, and a, we won a couple of cup games. We didn't have any luck in the in the league, but we had some great moments on the pitch, which mm. spurred us on to say we want to keep this going in the next season. And uh, they had the opportunity before this season started that um, Kings Hill got in touch with us and offered us a pitch at their place, and the facilities they offered us, uh, you know, nice big brand new. Facilities, changing rooms, bar, clubhouse, uh, big car park, you know, everything you want. We have a 3G pitch, have grass pitches. Um, so it was a position we couldn't turn down, really. So yeah. that's became our new home, you know, um, and, you know, very high standard of venue. They've been very helpful and accommodating to us as well. And um, as we got going into this season, started, um, started where we left off, really. We've just been building and building and started having a little bit of success in there. The matches we've played and then obviously the season got halted but uh, we, we finished on the highest point we've been on which was a league win which is our first league win that we've had so Fantastic. yeah we're good position um very happy in the league we're playing you know looking forward to getting back playing again yeah we all are <clears throat> ian do you want to do you just want to explain uh, where you sit in the league uh, committee as well as talking about uh, obviously white horse a very um social media facing team you, you do um you get involved with a lot of discussions and and get your faces out there or your badges out there should i say uh tell us a bit about whitehalls first and then where you what you do um for the league itself yeah sure um so yeah i'm the manager of whitehorse and founded in 2005 um currently playing in the maidstone and mid kent division one uh, i didn't have any links to, to whitehorse previously uh, and it all started for me uh, when I completed my coaching badges and I took over at Whitehorse uh, with a new club committee in 2013. And they'd folded and dropped out of the bottom division of the Maidstone and Mid-Kent. Um, so we were kind of encouraged to try and take over and put some life back into the team. Um, we got voted back in in 2013. We got a charter standard in 2014 and a few promotions uh, later. We had uh, three seasons in the Prem, which we really enjoyed. And uh, I think kind of, um, you know, we, we don't regret moving where we are now. Uh, really enjoyed it up there, um, playing at the top level, but probably is a little bit above us now. Um, but yeah, where we are now, hopefully we're a, a, a community club who supports local charities and activities. Um, our clubs and players, members, hopefully can be really proud of what we do and what we stand for. And uh, we try and be a, a kind of an ambassador club for the grassroots game, um, just supporting the evolution of Sunday League football, which is you know, been massive over the last kind of four or five years. Um, we've got some amazing sponsors um, who support lots of the work we do on and off the pitch. Um, Hovis, who don't need any introductions. Uh, Aqua Aircon, who are in Maidstone. And the Fox and Goose, who do our hospitality down the road. And, uh, of course, the very well-known Celt podcast and Sports King are on our on our sleeves this season, which is great. Um, yeah, we're having a really good 2021. Uh, we've got a good good league record so far. Uh, and the last few games saw us get through the first round of the Plumstead Cup, which we're 
he's obviously held by Westfar. Uh, we're yeah. brand new to that. It's the first season for us in there, but we're really enjoying that and um, just enjoying linking up with another league. They're really, really friendly, really helpful. Um, so hopefully we'll encourage a few more Maidstone and Mid-Kent teams to, to buy into that next season. Uh, and then we had a great derby victory being Gold Stars 4-1 in the Cup. They're a player at the, the, pretty much the same ground we do um, to book a place in the quarterfinal of the Challenge Cup. So, yeah, we finished on a, on a real high, to be honest. Mm. Can't wait for the, the season to, to get back started. Um, the squad are amazing. I can't praise them highly enough. Uh, really hardworking. They're friendly, uh, very loyal to the club and, and what we stand for. Uh, and I'm definitely privileged to be be part of that. Um, so, yeah, it's all, all good for us at the moment. And like I said, we do a lot of uh, social media and stuff on the websites and the, and the podcast just trying to promote mm. the game, uh, which is, again, really, really good to be involved in. For the league, um, I kind of joined them back in uh, 2019 uh, just to try and help some clubs achieve charter standard status, Mike was talking about. Um, and they asked me to become part of the committee, which I was you know, really pleased, really proud to, to be part of. Um, and uh, yeah, I deal with basically the social and media side of that and links in with the podcast and the Twitter and the websites and stuff. Um, but yeah, as a committee member, you you get a vote on, on everything anyway. You know, things go around the table, um, but it's great. Yeah, I started work on the Charter Standard League project um, mm. started at the beginning of last season. Uh, we achieved that by by March 2019, uh, which we're all really, really proud of and hopefully yeah, so are our, our clubs. Um, so, yeah, one of only two Sunday leagues in Kent. So we're really pleased about that. And hopefully that, that promotes a little bit more appetite from other leagues. And as Mike said, you know, clubs really bought into it as well. Uh, we've got 80% of our clubs now are charter standard. And it pretty much is the norm, as Mike said, uh, for new clubs is something that we say, look, you, you're going to have to get it at some point. So uh, mm. jump on board. Uh, just released a new website yesterday. Um, so we'll give that a, give that a yeah. bit of while we're on here. Um, it's really nice to see. <laughs> yeah, it's not finished yet. Um, but yeah, there's lots of nice features on there. The support for the chart standard stuff. Um, just being able to get in touch and put a face to league committees. You know, nowadays, generally meetings are digitally held like this. You know, it's, it's nice to have a, a bit of details on who does what. Uh, we've got a section, obviously, for SELC, as we, we, we mentioned to you. And yeah. people drop their match reports or news items in there. We've got notice boards and stuff. There's lots more to come. You know, these websites don't... They're not all singing and all dancing the first day you put them out. But we're certainly looking for clubs to give us some kind of feedback. Let us know what they think, what they like, what they don't like, and what they think's missing. Because we really want to develop that as a platform over the next kind of four to five months. I mean, it's a fantastic platform. Uh, just, just This is a question for all three of you, really. Uh, and Danny, we'll start with you. With the uh, standard charter process, I think there's a bit of a myth that teams think it's going to be long-winded and it's going to take them hours and hours and hours of their own time to get it sorted. Um, well, is it tricky or is it pretty much a box ticking exercise where you just need to put ducks in a row and uh, and provide like evidence of, of, of that you do that within your club? What, what is the process? It's, I mean, I was lucky enough to, to come into it when we already had the charter standard. So in terms of getting the charter standard, maybe sort of Mike's better to answer that. But in terms of keeping it and maintaining it, 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 it's just what you would do to run a club anyway. It, yeah. it, it's, it's just formalising it, maybe just having a set of notes for the meetings you're having, um, you know, formalising accounts, that kind of thing. It's the way you would run a club anyway. It's just, uh, you know, obviously applying to that means you've got that and, and, it, and it shows that you, you are, you know, running it in the right way. Now, yeah. if anyone wants to run a club, it, it's not 
a hindrance to anyone. It's actually going to help them, show them how to, to run a club. Yeah. So the framework is there for you to, to step into. It's, you've got 80%, as Ian said, 80% of the clubs are already chartered standard. You've got the league who are willing to help you get through that. So everything is in place um, to, to allow you through that process. And then it doesn't stop there. So if you have any issues as you go in, you know, in terms of maintaining that charter standard, then the league's there to support you. But to be honest, it's, I think because the framework's there, it's telling you the rules you need to put in place yeah. and telling you what you need to do. And, and that's, that's a help rather than yeah. a hindrance. So Mike, well, you're, you're, you started the process as a club. You hadn't, you hadn't really kicked a competitive football when you were when you were going through the, the standard charter process. Um, just talk, just tell us a little, uh, a quick uh, paragraph or so on uh, how that went. Was it, was, it easy, was it easy? Was it tough? Yeah, was- it was, like you said, almost like a tick box exercise. Um, you know, answer it. If you, have you got a first data? Yes. You know, tick a few boxes on the, on the, um, on the forms. Um, there's, things like putting a club constitution together and things like this, you know, there is sort of basic ones out that you can <laughs> out there on the FA websites that you can tailor to your teams. Okay. Um, but like I said, it's, it's, it's very much like Danny says, it's, it's how you should, or how you should want to run a club. Um, and you know, I, I want the club to have longevity. So if, if I'm not there and somebody else comes in, the, the process, the structure is there. Yeah. Someone should be able to take that and carry on forward because, and, you know, having the, the right people on the club committee, you know, you, you're never just making a decision that you think is right for the club. It is a committee decision. And that's what these clubs, you know, are run on really. And, and historically it's it's um, committee led and, you know, there's added benefits, you know, the, the footballs that you get given and, and kit that, that um, you get kit vouchers for, for becoming uh, and and meeting certain targets and you know it's all it's all benefit. There's no real negative. It took I reckon a couple of hours work, start to finish tops, and yeah. that's it. Like I say, we're just all positives. And Ian, as a league <laughs> with the standard charter league, do you think the clubs appreciate uh, what that actually means uh, to be at that level of of, of organisation and structure, or is it, does it go over their heads? Uh, some <laughs> of the teams. It's a, it's a difficult one to answer, I think, at the moment because we achieved our status in March um, 2019, uh, yeah. so last year, 2020, when uh, when it was locked down. So yeah, <laughs> we kind of got thing. we got the badge, and then all the the work that goes with it has basically been put on hold, and then you know we're straight into another lockdown and stuff. But I think you know the, the two interesting points, you know, um, Danny and Mike made. You know, Danny's saying that if you're a well-run club, this stuff is is there already for you. You know. Show me an account. Okay, there you go. There's an account. Where's, who's in your constitution? Yeah, I've got that. Who's a first aider? And I think that's really important. And, you know, the big thing that the league, why well, they're hammering this home to, to clubs is we've got to get away from this one-man band situation. You know, mm-hmm. clubs are set up like Marden, like Kent Sands, and there's lots of clubs that are run, you know, to, to a great standard. You know, if they have that longevity that Mike spoke about, you know, if somebody has to move away, disappear whatever you know there's other people that will continue the running of that club and they'll bring someone else in to replace that the situation we're trying to avoid is where you know joe blogs is a one-man band it goes into his personal account he's got all the kit and then he says look 
screw it, I've had enough, see you later. And that team just disappears. You know, yeah. no one wants to take over that role where someone's got to do fixtures, wash kit, plan this, go to meetings, you know, referee, run the train. It's just too much for one person. Mm. And, you know, the reality is clubs like ours, uh, you know, we're taking like £9,000 through books in a season. You know, we're not making big money. It's a community club, whatever we get in, goes out, back on yeah. players' pitches and stuff like that. But it's a huge amount of money for mm-hmm. anybody to not have in a, in a club account that has to be kind of accounted for and obviously authorised where you're spending that. It's, it's massive. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and you know, by the time you put kit, equipment and stuff on top of that, most of these clubs, you know, sit on 10, 15 grand for a season. It's, it's a massive amount of money. So from the league point of view, you know, it's not quite so easy. Um, you know, the plan is very, very structured. Um, there's six main areas, which is around developing players, facilities, coaches, um, you know, members and things like that. And you will have three or four targets. And to be fair to the Kent FA, you know, they have targets in that as well. So, you know, they say, look, if you're going to achieve A, B and C, we'll make sure that we meet D and E for you. So already they've put on, you know, courses that are free of charge to support us and things like that. Um, but yeah, the plan is a, a four-year plan for the league. And it's, it's things like, um, registrations being online for clubs, it's things like promoting the website, having social media, doing the podcast, all of those feature in our plan to, to basically become more dynamic and, you know, uh, be a league for the future, basically. That, you know, young teenagers, 17, 18, they say it's a massive catchment area there. People just drop out of the game. The idea is to inspire them to come and play adult football and play play for the rest of their life. You know, I've enjoyed it for 20 odd years, probably too many years. In fact, definitely too many years because my players tell me I should give up. But, uh, you know, that's the idea. We want people to buy into it. So, um, yeah, the plan will get fully kind of started when things settle down a little bit. But there are little shoots like the website and the courses and things that are happening so far. So hopefully, uh, you know, Danny and uh, Mike and all the other teams can kind of see that there are some green shoots coming out of this plan. So with the uh, Maidstone and McKent, who are the... Who are the top teams, in, in your opinion? Uh, I've heard quite a bit about uh, K-Sports Express from uh, a colleague of mine in the Selk 11 charity team, uh, Matt Ellis, who, played, who is the manager of Farnborough Reserves, who played K-Sports Express in a Kent Cup. And he said they were a top side, a really good side. And, and, and Matt doesn't dish out uh, that sort of... Uh, <laughs> Matt's not... Matt, they're a good side themselves, Farnborough Reserves. Um, they're a real good side. Um, but who are the top dogs around uh, the Maidstone and McKim throughout the divisions? Uh, Whitehall. Well, just looking one, at obviously. just looking at Prem. Um, obviously, I like to say Marden, but we're we're lying fourth at the moment. Hopefully, that's not going to be the case at the end of the season. Uh, East Morning are always there or thereabouts. They're, they've been around for years. They've got obviously that the the, the, the players are, are, are sort of committed to them, and and they've all they're always a tough side. To play against, it's a real battle against East Morning, one that we quite enjoy, but one that, um, if you like, they're always going to be up there. East Morning, um, K Sports, as you said, um, great side. Um, you know, again, had some real battles there. It's really competitive, and the thing is, eight, eight of the, the teams probably, I think, we four or five. I'll definitely say four because we're fourth. We, I think we've still got a chance, um, a lot of football to play yet. But four or five teams could easily win, and it's, it is really competitive. Um, East Morning at the top at the moment. Um, you've got Barming as well, great side. Um, Barming, we lost to Barming this year, unfortunately, but um, this season. But yeah, it's, uh, it's probably those are the, the four I'd say. I'd like to put Marden in there, of course. Why wouldn't I? 
Um, but I'd say sure. those would be the, the four, really. Marden, Barmin, East Morning, Ace Sports are all, all really got a chance this season. It's really competitive in the Prem. Ian, your division, who, who are the top boys other than yourselves? <laughs> yeah, it's hard to say. Well, even ourselves, we're, we're in fourth. We've got a few games in hand, I think, because we've, we've had the cut runs. Um, but yeah, some very good teams in there. Rubicon have got a good record. We haven't, we haven't seen them play yet. Um, they're, they're sitting top. Um, Sutton Valence, we did play. We had a really, really good game with nil-nil, um, which sounds like a bore draw, but actually, you know, a lot of chances both ends, and I think either team could have nicked that. I think they're really decent. Um, East Morning, probably not where they'd like to be. I think they, they've won that division. Well, they didn't win the previous year, but basically odds on most years to, to get out there, their reserve scene. But I think think where the, the, the leagues are, are smaller, more competitive now, I think, you know, that they've got a challenge on their hand this year. But I think they'll be enjoying that. And uh, Larkfield are, are new as well. I think on their day, they can they can be a good side. Um, but yeah, it's wide open. I mean, every, no one's played more than four games and everyone's dropped points in that league already, including us. You know, we've had that nil-nil draw. Um, so yeah, all, all, all to play for, to be honest. Um, so yeah, looking forward to it. Just can't wait for the season to, to get back and get started again. We're all saying that now. It's got, it's got, it's got to come back. It's got to come back. We'll get into a little chat about that in a minute. Uh, Mike, your division. Who, who, who's the top boys? Uh, so, with being in uh, Division Three, there's a couple of new teams that started and, and they've kind of come in uh, in the in the bottom division. Um, Lebon have split up. They've got a number number of teams across the Lebon names, Lebon Angels, Lebon Chase. Uh, I think Lebon Angels are a rebadged team from one that dropped out last year. So um, Aylesford Reserves, I think they were possibly the whole group last year. Good squatted guys and they're, they're flying high in our league at the moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, Coxheath and Invicta Sundays have both made a good start to the, to the season. Um, we had some good games last year against Invicta Sunday. Um, so that's our you know, that, that, that's our sort of benchmark that we know from last season we had some good games against them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we're aiming for them. But, uh, yeah, they're the, they're the few teams that have had good starts to the season. Uh, Ian, you took a another team under the Whitehorse wing, didn't you, for this season? How's, yeah. how's that relationship and how, how are they uh, been doing? Is, is, is that a reserve team or is that just another no, team? No, not a reserve team. No, we've... Um, number of reasons, really. One, I always think there's... there's more strength in numbers uh, in terms of having clubs part of the, the same constitution. Um, so, you know, we're not, we're not trying to take over the, no. the world of Sunday league football, but no. um, they're a new team. They came in, they were, um, they were made some Jaguars. I think they played in the Medway league. Um, another classic story, one man band, whoever was there and disappeared with money and kit and stuff. Uh, but they had a really good committee um, who came to the meetings and, uh, you know, they, they shared a similar view to us. You know, they were talking about they wanted to be involved in charity and community activities. Um, and, uh, you know, I said, look, there's a benefit to us becoming uh, under the same umbrella, basically. So they are a totally separate team. Uh, we don't share money or accounts or anything like that. And the only thing we share in common is a constitution, which basically is the rules that, that govern a club. Mm. Uh, we, don't, we don't vote on anything that affects them and they don't vote on anything that affects us. Uh, so if one was to fold, the other would completely carry on. Uh, but really just from our point of view, being a bit of a big brother to them, you know, we've got on their chartered status. I say we've got it for them, but, you know, they got it, but obviously support and we help yeah. with their media and their Twitter stuff and, Again, just 
just helping out the people that are, are starting at the bottom. You know, I know what that was like with the club committee that I started with. Um, you know, we, we took a club that had folded basically and, and put it to where it is now. And they've got really ambitious plans and we're just there to kind of guide them and let them learn from our experience. You know, we've made good decisions, we've made bad decisions, but, you know, we can give that advice to them and hopefully steer them into position so they become a, another uh, regular name uh, in the league. And we would do it again, to be honest. I'm not against it. We, we can play in the same division. Uh, we can play each other in cup matches. We don't share players or anything like that. So right. there's a lot of kind of, um, you know, they, they stand on their own two feet. But, um, you know, in terms of collaboration, as you know, it's about sharing ideas um, and good ideas. And, you know, when it comes to community activities, it's another squad of players we can get involved. It's more sponsors we can, you know, give promote, give backing to and things like that. So, yeah, a really, really good concept. And I would urge other clubs to look at it as well, definitely. Um, there's always a solution out there. I think, you know, we, we've been down the reserve side before. There are pros to it. And if you can you can do it, I think it's a very successful model. I would still love to do it at some point. But for yeah. us, um, for, for different reasons, it didn't work out. And, um, you know, that's why we chose a slightly different model this time. Speaking to Mike on a, a different uh, a recent podcast, it sounds like you could have a reserves and an, a, and an A team as well as the first team with all the interest in Kent Sands, which is uh, fantastic. Uh, giving everyone, I'm I'm fully supportive of anyone who uh, can have a reserves or multiple teams in the club because um, it gives everyone an opportunity. If that bloke who turns up for the first team every week, he's just turning up, sitting on the bench and getting his five minutes so the manager can make sure he pays his subs. It's always nice to have um, teams that play at various levels to give everyone their their chance of having 90 minutes and um, Mike is that is a, is a reserve team something that you guys might be planning in the future uh, I think not not so much a reserve team I think we've we've we thought of um, but about the idea of maybe like a six aside team joining a you know a midweek a midweek uh, six aside competition or mm. but we've also got the the league and the charity team side uh, yeah, that we're yeah, kind yeah. of leaning on that yeah. we can spread the spread the team across the, the charity matches and um, there's some guys that play for other teams that really support the cause, but you know are not available for the weekend matches. So if there's any midweek charity matches, they always uh, put themselves forward for them sort of games. And I think that's the way we're going to uh, run things in the in the near future, at least. And Marden, uh, Danny, is that just is one team enough for you to look after at the moment? Yeah, I think at the start of the season we may well have had enough players to have a reserve side, but it's about making sure you've got that structure and management structure as well and, and, and obviously we didn't want to do that too early and, and then fold later and I think it is in our plans for the future not this season maybe not the next season but we'll I, I think in terms for us to grow and develop we need to, to, to have strength in numbers and not just rely on the, the 20 people we've got on, in the squad um, maybe next season I don't know but I, I think it's certainly something for the future that we're, we're looking at doing yeah is the, is the performance of clubs? Sorry, Ian, to, to jump in there. Is the performance of clubs in county cups is that indicative of the quality in the league, or is, is it just is it just a luck of the draw sometimes with, with cup games? What, what I'm getting at that is that obviously it's a fantastic league. Um, do the Maidstone and McKent league uh, teams perform well at, at that county level, or is it not been? Is it not? Uh, has it not been? Uh, is it a trophyless cabinet, should I say, in the uh, county cups? 
Um, I think, well, from our from our time in the in the prem and the teams that we knew, I think uh, I think it was East Smalling that played uh, in the in the final not that long ago, only a couple of seasons ago. Um, yeah, Did I th- Fisher I get through? I think possibly yeah, as well. Fisher, Fisher playing um, at least semis. I think they played in. So yeah. yeah, I think you know, I wouldn't say we we probably have the best teams in Kent, as in you know regularly getting to the final. But there's certainly uh, teams we'd always have a team in the, in the regional uh, kind of section of that. And and as Danny said earlier, you know, the Prem is is a different class up there. You know, all, all the Prems have got, you know, a couple of top sides, but mm. there's a lot of very, very good sides in there. And this season, you know, it's never been more open. I think probably got to put a shout out to the Fish a little bit. You know, they had a very, very good side. And I think last year, you know, they were on for pretty much a treble, two, two cup finals they were in. And... <laughs> Okay, they they didn't have the league nailed, but they they were a point ahead of East Malling, and they still had to play each other. But I think I would have put my bet on them winning all three, and for the season to get completely cancelled. And they they they're you know whatever's happened internally, I'm only speculating. I don't know, but a lot of players have left and gone to other clubs, and you know now they're they're struggling to put eleven players together, and they mm. sit at the bottom of that table uh, without a point for the season so far. I'll, I'll pull you up on one thing, Ian. I don't think they would have won all three because we had him in the cup final. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'll give them two out of three. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you know, decent know, side, though. So, yeah, really, really gutted to see them. But, again, you know, I, I know a couple of the guys that, that uh, run there in terms of their, um, their secretary and uh, a few of the old guys that used to play with them. We used to play games with them back in Division 3 when we first started. They, yeah. They're very similar. They went through all the leagues. They were probably a season of, uh, season ahead of us each time, but they went up and, um, you know, they've come back and they're, they're fighting for it. You know, they're not it would be so easy for them to go, look, you know, good days are gone. See you later. We're out of here and just fold. But, you know, massive respect to them sticking at it. And, um, yeah, you know, who knows? Lockdown might have done them a favour. But if it doesn't, they'll accept <laughs> it and they'll go down and they'll find their place in the league again. And I'm sure they'll they'll come back stronger at some point as well. But That point but, you made, Andrew, about the, the, the quality and whether we're sort of, we're <laughs> not necessarily winging the, the sort of keg cups and that sort of thing. But if you look at other leagues, and, and Ian sort of mentioned it there, you look at other leagues, and there's, there's generally one, maybe two sides that are, that are, that are winning the leagues that are, you go know, got a good chance in the King yeah. Cup. The difference is here: there's four, or five teams that are equally as good and equally competitive, and all got a chance of, you know, of doing really well in the King Cup as well. I think that's the difference in terms of the quality. There is, is there's, there's a number of teams that have got that quality. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm with you 100. I know some teams like to look at. Oh, if you haven't won a if you haven't won a county cup, then then you're not a good side. And especially you know, the London Challenge Cup seems to get noted as the sort of premier county cup because of the amount of teams from north of the north of the river um, in London that you know they're paying players on a Sunday and calling in all this ex uh, semi professional players or uh, nearly professional players almost playing in these um, for these teams for big money. Um, but you know, it's not it's not a, an opinion that I share. Um, that's what I'm trying to get across, really. That um, you know, we may not see uh, Maidstone teams, Maidstone and Mid Kent teams, uh, in the county cups, uh, the, 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 the Premier uh, County Cup. But from what I've seen, it, it's it's really competitive, and I'm sure teams would take the teams within the league would take a competitive league and and ten battles a season as opposed to. Um, having it the other way around where you're getting teams strolling it and uh, it's, it's not much fun uh, to observe that that type of league either. You know, when Ian 
um, does the all around the leagues uh, recordings. It's always ups and downs for everybody and, and very interesting. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, I think the more competitive the division, uh, the divisions can be, the more exciting it is. So no, I don't, I don't share it that the county cups are, are everything, um, but some teams do. So on to uh, lockdown and the issues caused. I think we can cover talking about when we think we're gonna well possible restarts. Although none of us have got a clue at all. Uh, maybe Ian's got a bit of inside, being that he's in the uh, on the league committee. Um, but lockdown, obviously, we started our seasons. We had a decent preseason. I think we managed to get enough weeks in to have a decent preseason. I certainly, I certainly did. I think I started at the end of July and, and went all the way through till the season started. Um, what are the issues caused? If does it affect? Has it affected your club's finances? Has it affected uh, players' morale? Have you? Has your sort of um, love for it? Has this break made you realise? Oh bloody hell! I like having my Sunday mornings. I must admit. Um, what what what's your what has the effect been uh, on you and your clubs uh, during this? Like, we were locked, the three lockdowns that we've had, I guess. Well, I think I think from us, from a team point of view, um, you know, it's massively frustrating. Mm. You know, last season you, you couldn't foresee it. You know, no, nobody had even heard of COVID nineteen at, at the no. start of the season, and you know, we planned for a, another full season, and it, it, you know, it just caught us short in March. I don't think any club or any league would be prepared for that. Um, you know, so moving on from that, you know, this season, yeah, we had a good preseason uh, in terms of. You know, we, we played as soon as we could and it was safe to do so. And we did that. Uh, we did a little bit of light pre-season in July when you're allowed to do training with groups of six. We're lucky we've got a couple of qualified coaches so we can split up like that. And then, yeah, friendlies in August and the league purposely started late to kind of allow uh, a bit of time. But I think, you know, from our club point of view, um, you know, we took an approach. We needed to be in a position where we could stop at the drop of a pin, you know, because, you know, bookings, finances and stuff like that, we just, you know, you can't afford to be in a difficult place. So we didn't take any risks uh, and, you know, that's definitely paid off. And I think from a league point of view, it was very similar. You know, we, we planned that whether, even if you didn't have a lockdown, uh, you know, teams would be missing weeks. If a couple of players had COVID, you know, they're not going to be able to play games and things like that. So um, they were very, very prepared for that. And, uh, you know, they've got a good financial standing as well. Um, I think they were really kind. I think teams could could sign this season for £50 per team and mm. reserve and extra teams for free, which is, is great. Mm. Um, and, you know, like I said, all, all of that's paid off. And hopefully, uh, you know, we're in the position where we can get all of those fixtures finished by the 31st of May, which is an amazing position. That, you know? is, that, is, that is absolutely amazing. I mean, and that's full... That's full fixture coverage. That's not creeping over the line so you can uh, judge things by points per game. Yeah, That's full think, fixtures played. Yeah, if we had to, you know, if we really had to, I think, you know, there's a few options we'd probably vote on. I mean, cups for us, it's disappointing because we've actually had a cup run and we were looking forward to knocking Marden out in the quarterfinals of the Challenge Cup. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, no, but, uh, you know, we, we had a decent cup run, so we we're looking forward to it. But it makes sense. You know, they, they, they've got to go, but they can fulfil league fixtures and uh, there'll be a few double headers and things like that we spoke about earlier but that's the plan and if you know we start even later if Boris says look there's a no go till April there's still an opportunity for every every team to play everyone in the league at least once um, so that's one option to finish off or it could be play as many games as you can and you know if you get to 10 or 11 out of 14 then you 
PPG for the rest of the rest of the games. So you know, there's options, but we're being really positive. We're hoping that we're going to be back at some point in the middle of March. Um, I think the the only downside for clubs is they're probably not going to get that nice lead in like they did this pre-season. So they're not going to have three or four weeks to get fit and get ready. So all those players that have been on the on the takeaways and the beers, um, you better get your running shoes on and get out there because it, it literally, I think it will be, as soon as it's safe to play games, they will be playing games and they'll be expecting teams to, to do that from a league point of view. Uh, but from, you know, from everyone I've spoken to in my team and the feeling I get from people when I talk to you and Danny and Mike and stuff is the players are desperate to get back. So they're mm. not going to have any complaints about that whatsoever. Even the bloody refs are desperate to get back here. <laughs> uh, uh, what, Dan, what do you do, Andrew? Do you, show, do you show the wife and the kids yellow and red cards just to make up for it? No, I, yeah. no, no, I don't. Don't get away with that. I just blow, the, I just blow my whistle really loudly <laughs> to get them to do stuff. <laughs> uh, Danny, how, how has Martin Sundays been um, affected in a, in a yeah, positive story, or negative to, way? To, to be honest, it, you know, pre-season again, we're... we're just really glad to get out of the, the first lockdown and get back and everyone, you know, again, stuck at a, at a, at a good a good few games and, and, and really disappointed, obviously, like everyone else to, um, to go back into lockdown and not be able to, to play. Um, again, looking forward to getting back. But the main, the main thing, obviously, keeping your fitness up to, to, for, the, for the lads to keep the fitness up and, and just generally just morale of the team. Everyone is missing it. We have a WhatsApp group and... Uh, it's weird that even on Sunday mornings is when you may get a few messages oh, I'm missing the football. You know, people think about it even though they're not mm. playing and it's not a case of, you know, enjoying their Sunday mornings. It's They're missing the football and, and I am too and I'm, I just go and watch. But <laughs> in terms of playing, you know, everyone's missing it and um, some of the lads have, have looked at maybe going out doing some running and, and you know, four of our lads have signed up to do a half marathon in, in April to get themselves fit for it. Um, doing that for, for charity again. So, Again, making making sure they're they're out there getting fit and doing something worthwhile. Yeah. Um, and obviously we're all supporting of, of that. So doing that for British Heart Foundation um, uh, as a charity. The other thing we're doing is to keep the group together. Again, we have this scratch card that we we do. Like you get down to the pub at the end, the end of the game. We we carried that on and we've got that going on a, on just on the WhatsApp group. And again, what we're doing is you know three quid a team putting that in, and whoever wins. Um, there's a pot of money to win and then the rest of the money goes to charity and we're choosing a different charity each week to make sure again that we're doing the right thing uh, and I think what it shows and everyone can see that, that you know you know, there are people really struggling at the moment and it's, it's more than just about football yeah. um, and, and I think that's important that people realise that and, and you know the lads do realise that and they're, they're you know they've um, they sort of come together over um, over this lockdown and, and I'd like to think that actually that will work in a, as a benefit when we get back that maybe we've got a, a little bit closer as a team yeah. even even though we haven't seen each other um, that we might actually you know um, benefit from that afterwards hopefully Mike yeah um, lockdown you know came at a tough time I guess um, you know we're just as I keep saying new we're trying to gain some traction get, getting some games in uh Pre-season, uh, we've we, we got a good run of games. You know, with the um, the new venue at Kings Hill, they run a Kings Hill tournament over the summer, which kind of take place of having to go around and organise different friendlies. It was always at the same venue, and every weekend there was a game up until the you know the knockout stages at the end. So that was quite good for us to get playing again. Um, 
we, we were quite lucky in the fact that we had quite a few charity matches lined up and we, we got a few, you know, midweek fixtures in and things like that. And, you know, it really stood us in some good ground for getting the season going. But, um, you know, when, when, you know, the season's curtailed, it's, um, it's, yeah, it has had a knock on to the guys, you know, things, notice the WhatsApp groups have gone quieter, mm-hmm. um, things like that. Um, you know, definitely getting football going again will be tougher for the guys, I imagine, because, you know, even um, you know, the, with the measures in place, we had there was still there were still players that weren't comfortable coming back to playing football yet, or not necessarily comfortable, but they had, you know, other people they needed to be careful around. So, um, you know, the squad was depleted, um, even in this start of the season. Um, we gained new players, players that haven't been for a while, still hadn't been along and things. So the squad has grew in this time, and you know. We, even even the gap in December um, between lockdown and getting locked back down again, you know, it was um, we managed to squeeze a, a fixture in, which was, you know, it was a complete charity fixture. It was a bit of fun uh, and um, raised some good money for charity. Um, but I think the main sort of source of what we've been keeping ourselves entertained and busy is through the social media. To be honest, you know, we've connected with a lot more clubs definitely yeah. on social media. Um, you know, there's things like like Madden. Uh, we've never played them on the pitch. We'd never met them in the cup or anything as yet, but you know, messaged and you know, interacted with lots on social media, and you know, as even clubs all around the country, you know, we we tried some fun lockdown challenges, you know, like toilet roll kickups and all this sort of uh, fun stuff, just to try and keep morale going and get people yeah. involved and keep going, and which certainly worked. I mean, it's definitely it's been trickier this third lockdown, you know. People oh. are finding it hard to get out at the weekends and stuff like that. You, you know, you can't just go down the park and. There's no rules of six at the moment. And, you know, we, we made the most like Ian did, you know, had a few just on the local park, just had a few guys meeting up and having some training. But, you know, we'll, we'll definitely try and get, if anything like that comes around again, we'll be we'll be straight back down the park. We've got all the equipment ready to go out. And yeah. luckily the goals are still up in the park. So uh, we can uh, really we kick a few balls. Really interesting you say that this lockdown's harder. I've really felt that myself. Yeah. But I've noticed it with... The players and the, and the and the chat that's going on. I think everyone's a little bit. I don't know whether it's just it's because of the weather and the time of the year, but or everyone's kind of had a, a pre practice in the first lockdown. But um, yeah, it, it, it's definitely been tougher this time. I think, definitely. and I think a lot of our players have kind of said that it's, it's been tougher. I think it's the unknown as well, isn't it? The other guys, the other ones had a, a bit of a, a light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. Mm. back, but you know, the unknown at the moment really is just depressing, isn't it? And if it all, all of a sudden gets sprung back on us. It's going to be quite a shock, I think. Like you say, missing the, the Sunday mornings playing again. I think some yeah. of the guys will struggle getting up on a Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> the, the positive of it is, of course, we're not playing football on a Sunday, but we're not getting dragged around IKEA <laughs> while, while we're not playing football. So that is the positive. Uh, on to a bit of mental health uh, chat, really. I know um, it, this is a challenging time for everyone. I think everyone has just agreed that this one, this lockdown is a little bit tougher. I think lockdown, uh, the first one in March, um, it was nicer. It was nicer weather, and uh, we, it wasn't. It, we we didn't know what to expect, so it was a bit of no. I mean, it was certainly nice for me to work from home five days a week and spend some time with my uh, kids. That are the biggest block of time that I'm ever going to spend with them. Uh, my, my sons, you know, I got the two weeks paternal uh, leave from work, but this is the longest time I've ever, I've ever spent with them and my daughter. It's just turned free. 
uh, it's it's amazing to be able to spend this time with her. So I'm sort of grateful um, that we've managed to do that as a family. Um, but in terms of missing football, missing having your own sort of thing to do, I think we spoke about it the other night, Mike, that, you know, you become like you, on a football pitch, you, you're yourself if you're a father or if you do lots of things for other people. Sometimes you, you lose your identity a little bit and, and you lose that release, which is massive for um, blokes, especially me. You know, so I'm nine, nine times out of ten, I'm being called dad or, or can you do at, at home. So um, on the football pitch, I'm called I'm mainly called ref. Um, <laughs> um, but having that, having that, having your own identity sometimes, and having that time for you, that time in the car on the way there to prepare your, yourself and to think about the game, and on the way back to worry about all the things that you might have done wrong that could be on video. Um, it's it, it's it's good time. It's, it's a good time for for me, especially what how. What, what have what's been the straight is is it that is it the competition is it the banter is it the the all of it the the release that that is that, that you've missed the most that you mentioned you, so that it's, you mentioned, that, it's yeah. that something to look forward to at the weekend you know that you know everyone has their own uh, sort of weekday and nine to five or um, whatever goes on in the week but you know everybody builds up and looks forward to that routine and you know that's our time on that Sunday morning that's mm-hmm. why you know Personally, that's why I don't play Saturday afternoons. Guys, it's like it takes up your day, doesn't it? But you know that Sunday morning, that's your time at the house together. Um, I'm sick you know, of drinking. The... I'm sick of drinking cans and bottles as well. I can't wait to have a pint after a game. <laughs> I'm missing a pint. Yeah, it, it's 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 total that release, isn't it? It's that couple of hours away from normality. You know, when you cross that white line, it's, it's a different mindset. You know, you put in that kit on the smell of DP, you know, someone trying to nick your tape, roll a tape out your bag or something, you know, it's, it's all the little things that you, you do miss and and, and you, you just wish for them to be back soon again. I think from, from my point of view, I, I think it's made me think about how important football has been for me and my mental health over the years. I've been involved in football playing and now... Um, um, you know, involved in, in Marden and running of, of Marden. And, and I think I've, I've moved around the country a lot, so I've lived in lots of different places. I've settled in, in sort of Maystone area for the last 15 years, but before then I've lived over in Essex, I've lived in Surrey, I've lived in Berkshire, Manchester, Cambridge, and everywhere I've gone, legitimate reasons, by the way, I wasn't on the run or something, but wherever <laughs> what I've is gone... your name, Danny? <laughs> What's your real name? <laughs> wherever I've gone, the first thing I've done is, is go down a local park and see who's playing there and sign up and go and play. And that's how I've, that's how I really I've settled into those areas. And, and whatever has happened in my life, and there's been ups and downs in my life, like anyone else's life, you get ups and downs, you, you have things go wrong, you, you, you have the lows. Football's been the consistency. It's always been there for me. And, and if like, whatever's going on, I can forget that because I'm going to play football with my mates on a Sunday or Saturday, whatever I'm playing. Uh, you know, and it's that release, as you said, Mike, it's that release that it gives you. And for me, it's that consistency. It's always been there for me. And, and I think in lockdown, I think a lot of the lads, maybe the younger lads, have started to realise how much it gives back to them in terms of playing football. And obviously, it's the reason why obviously Mike, Mike started the team. Exactly that reason. It gives you that release. And, and, and it's really important for your mental health to, to have that fitness, that camaraderie and and that, that place to go on a Sunday morning um, that, that's maybe, you know, 
takes you away from the situation you're in at that point. So the lockdown, I think, has maybe maybe made people think a little bit about that. From a positive side, I would say that the, the lockdown, at least we're all in it together. Uh, you know, and, and it's not just the fact. So one of the hardest times I had was, was out of football for a year with a, a broken leg. Uh, and it, everyone else was playing and I wasn't. And I found that quite hard um, at the time um, because I guess I was the only one in that situation. What the lockdown is, we're all in it together. We'll get through it together. And, uh, and I think that that's important to, to, to remember that you're not on your own. Everyone else is in very going, back to, going back to what you were saying, Andrew, about, you know, you're at home with a family and it's the, you'll never get another time like this. You know, I, I keep, like, the positive side, it's that, think of it as, it's a gift of time. Yeah. You know, use that time. You know, you everybody has reassessed their lives. You know, uh, personally, you know, you're trying to cut out as much negativity out of your life as possible. And the positive, and part of the positives is this football, that we all have that common love and this is why we do play the game. And this is, you know, why we give up our time. You know, we give up our weekend away from family and friends to go and be with another group of friends. But it's a love, it's a common love. And, you know, if everyone's there for the same reason, you know, it's it's definitely, um, you know, that little light at the end of the tunnel ready and waiting for us. Absolutely. I think one thing that this, the lockdown has shown us that everyone is probably a lot stronger than maybe they thought they thought they were. They everyone's been through um during that during this whole period of lockdown, obviously, that they've been through some pretty uh up, they've been through ups and downs, they've been through bad days, they've been through dark days, they've been through all sorts of emotions through this time. And and we will come out, we will come out at the end of it, you know, and, and you know that you've had you can learn from that experience that, you know, bloody hell, I'm pretty I'm pretty resilient. Some some of those days were were really tough, and and not having that release was tricky. But we got there. We're gonna we're gonna be involved in football again, and it's not gonna be that long away. Um, so, you know, we've said this on a few of the podcasts now that everyone needs to pat, pat themselves on the back, sorry, and just be proud of yourselves that you that you've shown the resilience that you have because this is unprecedented times, and hopefully we'll never we'll never have anything like this again you know fingers crossed although the government may be jumpy to any other bloody illnesses that come that uh that that come out um but hopefully this is the last that this will be um in our lifetime uh certainly yeah it certainly makes you look forward to that first whistle back again when everybody gets going and that ball kicked off you know how exciting is that going to be and you know that that's just got to keep people driving on yeah, I do, I do think that first weekend is going to be about 500 cup finals across the UK, isn't it? Because every match. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Thank God we have roll on, roll off subs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the first five minutes, you're right. Yeah, and then after that, everyone else is uh, <laughs> panting for air. So, Ian, mental mental health, what's, what's your take? Yeah, I think, uh, I've, like I said, I've, I've definitely found it tougher this time. Um, I'm really lucky. My, my wife uh, gave birth. In uh, during lockdown, so we've had our first child, Harry, uh, which is congratulations for anyone. For anyone yeah, thanks for anyone that's gone through uh, childbirth with their partner. It's um, it's uh, it's a challenge at the best of times, not alone in a lockdown. So um, yeah, like, you know, amazing time. And like you said, 
so good to uh, to have that time and be at home as well with with my partner and Harry and stuff. So that's really good. We've kept ourselves busy because we we've moved home during lockdown as well. And Bloody hell! We've got, we've got a building project uh, going on, so we've knocked part of the house down and got builders in. So I'm not even living there at the moment. So uh, we've we've done it all. We've jumped on the bandwagon while it's all quiet, <laughs> just getting on with life's chores basically. So, but yes, yeah, you know, I, I massively miss football. Uh, I know the lads do as well, and I think you know, I, th- I think it does. Uh, you know, we talk about how strong and and how you know how how well everyone's dealt with it, but I also don't think it's a bad thing to understand your weaknesses. To say, look, you know, I need my friends around me. I need yeah. you know see my friends. You know, I enjoy going for a beer. That's part of my life, and just understanding that you know is is key. And uh, so yeah, I think it just just highlights you know how important things like the football clubs are and and this is why the league want to take care of as many clubs as they can and promote the chart standard and all the rest of it because at the end of the day it means those clubs stay alive and you know people are part of that and you know for me it's not just missing football my teammates it's another part of my family you know there's 20 people there that I've quite happily gone holiday with have a drink with whatever you know spend time with so um yeah we uh you know we're really looking forward to getting back and hopefully it's sooner rather than later when when do you think when do you think we'll be back Easter after Easter? Um, I'm, I'm outside betting. It's before then. Oh right. <laughs> but I don't I don't know that for true. I mean, I personally, I think if 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 schools are going back, uh, I do think sport will be very high on the agenda. Whether yep. or not football gets into that first wave of sport, you know, things like playing golf, you know, it allows social distancing to a, to a point. So whether those sports get kind of released a little bit before things like football and, and you know the team sports but I really don't think it'd be long because I think the government understand you know people want to get out and mm. uh, you know if you can go shopping if you can have people around for dinner and you can do things like that people will just be saying why can't we play football it's outside exactly. you know I've read a lot of research about it about you know whether you know different sources obviously but at the end of the day um you know sport is outside um you know as much as you think yeah you're really close to players there were some really great reports saying that you know you spend about five seconds of an entire game less than a meter to another player which you know, yeah, I, I, I definitely don't get that close to any players <laughs> in yeah so you know uh hopefully yeah so sooner rather than later um i'd like to think we'll have some good news on uh when boris delivers his kind of plan for lockdown and then hopefully that gives enough time because ultimately you know the downside is even if Boris says look let's, you can play football tomorrow you're not going to be able to play football tomorrow because the National FA and Kent FA will have to do all their you know release all their documents and their guidelines and everything like that so hopefully the best news is Boris gives gives the heads up and says look from this date you're going to be allowed to play sport that allows all the governing bodies to put together everything they need to all the clubs can get prepared all the leagues can get prepared and then like I said, we can go out on that day and everyone can start enjoying football. Excellent. So the future, what does the future look like for your clubs and what does the future hold for uh, the Maidstone and Mid-Kent? Is it, is it to grow as, as much as you can with the league or is it to establish that, um, that, com- that the competitiveness of, of the league itself? What, what is the aim for uh, the Maidstone and Mid-Kent? Yeah, I think, you know, both of those points are valid. You know, we've got no ambition to, you know, say, look, we've got the best clubs in the county and all our teams are in the county. You know, at the end of the day, if you have that, great, but it's not an ambition of ours. Mm. Uh, we just want to facilitate, um, you know, good, honest football. We've well-run clubs, uh, promote the game as much as we can. And, you know, mainly our, our kind of uh, ambitions over the chart 
plan is to um, you know grow in terms of club size and we, we start looking at um, bets leagues and things like that um, that's an area that we, we're quite interested in um, certainly for me because I'm way past it uh, Danny I'm sure you'd, you'd be up for a vets league uh, but um, yeah you know we want to try and grow in the numbers we want to make sure that our clubs are sustainable so we're not losing we're gaining clubs and yeah. you know we're finding that at the moment um, you know we've grown over the last two seasons and um, we've already had a number of applications in for next season already from teams which is great so Good. Um, you know we're hoping to, to grow and, and whether that's five divisions and what the numbers are you know those decisions will be, be made in the future um, from a club point of view for me uh, you know we need to get involved in some fundraising and community activities. You know, we had a great uh, match against the Charitable FC in October. Um, we always try and have a couple of these throughout the season. Uh, we raised over 750 for their their charity, which was more than just words at that time, which was amazing. But after that, fireworks night was cancelled. Christmas fundraising was cancelled. Christmas do was cancelled. You know, mm. so we all want to get back out, not just playing football, but, um, you know, like, Sands and like Marden, you know, there's a lot of social activities that are connected to these clubs and um, we want to get back and start doing that. I think the hardest thing for us at the moment is you just can't plan. You don't, a, you don't know when you're going to be playing football, but also you have no idea what the restrictions are allowed. So you can't start saying, oh, look, we'll do a massive fundraiser first weekend because the reality is pubs probably won't be open and actually you probably can only be in a group of six. So yeah. it's really hard at the moment. We've got a few things um, that, you know, in the, in the fire, so to speak, and it's just as and when the time's right, we'll, we'll get back raising money for charity and supporting the community events we've, which we've done. Um, so, Danny? Uh, yeah, so immediate future. Um, we've got a new manager this year, and, and Ashton, who's done, done a great job with the team already, and, and I think we want to see some silverware. Uh, no pressure on Ant when he's uh, listening to this, but we want to see some uh, silverware there, a cup or, or league, and we want to sort of maintain that. We, again, we, we, we're a relatively new side and obviously a couple of years, been three years in the Prem now, but two years obviously have been really sort of disjointed and one abandoned and obviously we got this year going on at the moment. So just a little bit of consistency there. We mentioned the reserve side, building in terms of maybe a second side in there and, and I think Chris Price, our, um, our chairman of, of, of Marden uh, Club, not just Marden, sorry, Marden Club, I know he's interested in maybe building that. We've got two vet sides already, maybe building that and maybe having a combined side that's, that's going on a, uh, into the to Kent League on a, on a Saturday uh, and maintaining maybe another team in the Sunday division. Um, so lots of plans. I think for us, um, I think we, we need to look at facilities, make sure we've got the right facilities in place to, to go up a level. If we are going to go up a level, then... We certainly, anyone that's played at our pitch, you know, it's uh, the pitch is okay, the facilities itself not great. Obviously, not using because of COVID, but I know that, that we, we're pushing really to, to get those facilities upgraded. And other teams you see are doing it, you know, K Sports, great facilities they've got there. You know, mm. that's where we want to get to some, some good facilities that allow us to push on to the next level, really, from our point of view. Fantastic. Mike? Following on from exactly what Danny said, <clears> kind of, we've, we've, put some of that in place already for this season you know we've 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 kind of found the venue found a good home for the club um one you know welcomed us massively and we do feel like we can have a good future there um immediate future you know as a as a club you know we're we're, we're building a game on game you know and just becoming a bit consistent um We've got a core squad of players that are week in, week out, you know, with a, such a 
the numbers that we do have, the core numbers that we do have, are turn up to training and come to the games, and you know that can only board well for us. Um, you know, we you know we don't want you know we're, we're there for fun at the end of the day, but we don't want to go out and embarrass ourselves, and we don't want other people to think, oh, we're playing them. That'll be a walkover. And, you know, gaining some um, respect in the league, which I you know I think a certain level we have on the pitch. I think people are understanding that, you know, we're not a pushover and we will give as much as we get. And mm. um, pushing on with that, really, you know, having some pride in our football and our presence on and off the pitch, um, I think we've done very well so far to, you know, gain a good ground on that and um, other people recognise us. And we've been through the off-pitch activities. People have also, um, you know, planned um, charity matches and things like that. You mentioned charitable FC. We've got a match planned against them, um, a, a bit delayed now. You know, we played the Selk eleven. You know, all raising money for good causes. When we're not playing, you know, um, we have spare weekends, or even it's just a really busy pre-season of charity games. You know, yeah. um, there's all this in the pipeline. Um, also, another ambition is as Sands United is growing, and there's almost 30 teams around the country now. You know, an ambition of mine is to get around the country, take Kent Sands around and play all the, and welcome them all down to our match and, and you know, have some inter-Sands friendlies, which would be, uh, you know, amazing. Yeah, that's pretty good. That, that's a brilliant, uh, it's great how that, how Kent, uh, how, how Sands United has grown all around the country. You're seeing uh, the, the Brighton, the team in Brighton and the team in Essex interact with uh, the podcast social media. Uh, quite a lot, and we see a lot of their sort of let, I see a lot of their posts as well as yours, obviously. Um, but yeah, your charity is one that I think most people seem to um, really have a real uh, feeling for. Uh, we played our charity team played uh, you guys, and I think you know it's just it's a brilliant thing. Uh, the Kent, the, the 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 awareness that you're raising for that um, that calls. I just think it it touches everybody and. I can see that the Kent, the, the brand that Sands United going from strength to strength because um, you just seem to to touch everybody um, with that with that movement, uh, so to speak. And um, I wish you all, all the best with everything you guys do. And hope probably the next time uh, we we play the Selka the Selk Eleven plays, it will be against you guys. And and Ian is it has earmarked a, a shirt uh, for for us, so you're gonna yeah. see you're gonna see Ian. Uh, target the right back target the right back <laughs> <laughs> well uh, we're going to make our we'd like to make our game against Kent Sands um, an annual thing so home and away and you know this year we took, we took the lion's share of the um, of the um, donations and things but we'll we'd like to give you we'd like to do the same for you guys next year and make that a reciprocal thing because yeah as I say I know I'm going on a bit, but um, your charity is fantastic. Um, I appreciate and, it. And you deserve all the support that you get. Uh, gentlemen, thank you very much for your time uh, tonight. As I say, Ian um, has been a fantastic uh, colleague uh, and um, and sounding board for lots of things with, to do with Silk uh, Grassroots. He was involved uh, from a very early time with um, All Around the League show. Um, I'm sure uh, Mike and Danny will agree. He does an absolutely brilliant job and goes way above and beyond uh, compared to what uh, previous people have done. Um, Ian does a fantastic job and goes to 
um, a lot of he puts in a lot of work for that particular show, and he really. I definitely say on that. There's certainly a few comments flying around now. Can't wait to read about that on the podcast, and you know, so it's it's, it's yeah, it's it's, it's great. Job. It's football league famous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I get I get it as a ref in games. If I've talked about a team that I'm refereeing uh, the, the Sunday after. You know, you get put it on your effing podcast. I mean, there's not there's not really a lot I can do about it. Um, but no, Ian, I really want to thank you for all the work you've done. Uh, I'm sure you'll be involved again when we when we do restart um, football. That was one of the the losses from um, from lockdown was that with no football to talk about. Sadly, we lost a lot a lot of content uh, to talk about. So I'm really glad that I've been able to uh, restart these conversations uh, and hopefully give people. A little bit of um, hope that you know we're still talking about football, so uh, it's it's going to come back. And and Danny, um, if you do get to play those that cup uh, quarterfinal against uh, White Horse, what's your prediction? <laughs> I can't be mean, can I? It'll be it'll be tight. It'll be tight. We might on. just sneak it. I reckon. Give us a number. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it under three. <laughs> Ian? No, it'll be tight. It's always Tigers. Ian, what do you think? It's always Tigers, Marden. There's always a last-minute winner. So Yeah, that's it. If I was going to say, then uh, if I was going to have it my way, we'd we'd get a last-minute winner this time. Uh, Yeah, yeah. Fair enough. It's probably your turn, to be fair. (laughs) 4-3, something like that. It'll be tight. I think you'll have quite the attendance there now. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, well, that's one thing that we hope, that on the back of lockdown, that people get out and like Danny does and just go down to your local park and go and watch a Sunday uh, league football game. If it's a ground, go and buy yourself a cup of coffee or and a bacon sandwich in the, uh, in the burger van or in the hole in the wall uh, calf and support these clubs because yeah. some, some clubs are absolutely on their knees at the moment. And those little things that we can all go and do quite easily and you'll enjoy yourself. There's no two ways about it. Go and support your local football club, be it on a Saturday now, be it on a Sunday Get along to your local grassroots club and support everybody. No, thanks. Thanks for having us, Andy, and then thanks for thanks for the comments. Uh, always, a, always a pleasure to be involved with you guys. Guys, I'll speak to you soon, and uh, let's let's make sure we get this football back. Speak soon. Thanks for the uh, opportunity, and uh, yeah, look forward to hearing the podcasts. No problem, mate. Have a good Great one, guys. To talk to you. Thanks, Thank love. you. All the best. Yeah. Having trouble tracking who can play and who can't? Download Down to Play before your next match. The first app to purely focus on player availability. Get Down to Play for free in the App Store and Google Play. This week's Selk podcast was brought to you by Down to Play, the simple app for next game availability.